We're back and it's Rugby World Cup time. Join Rachel Taylor, Laurie Harris, myself, Gemma Hallett, as we digest Wales's first opening round win since 1994. We're also going to touch on some of the rugby that's been happening here at home before we look forward to the huge clash against New Zealand in round two. It's all happening. There's so much excitement. Join us on the pod. We've aged about four years. I wasn't ready for that level of enthusiasm, man. <laughs> <laughs> so this is Series 3, Back the Girl podcast, Episode 1, and the three of us are back again. We were really hoping to do a summer series, weren't we? But um, life, just too busy. Tales yeah. set in, and Laurie, you were moving house. Yeah, so. still, still adapting to motherhood. And I guess having a new job, I I'll, I'll, I will say it. I did get a new job, <laughs> <laughs> but it's only a secondment. So when you tune in for season four, and I'm back to the old job, you know it was only an opportunity. Hey, but they chose you. They did. I'm not sure whether they're regretting it yet, but we'll soon find out, don't we? New house, baby, and a promotion. Are you growing up. I am. Car's the next thing, but I can't part with it. So the paint is coming off. It sounds like a wagon wheel, but it's still going at the moment. There's a song there. <laughs> what, are you making it up or is that an Oh, it's a good country song there. Everyone's singing it. Rachel go Taylor, on. how was your summer? Oh my God, I don't know. I blinked and I literally missed it. Um, lovely though. Weather was good, no? Scorch up. I am, I am, I did quite enjoy having a little bit of time away from rugby, but I am, I am secretly living, being obsessed with rugby again. It seems like it's coming in thick and fast at the moment. So it's all good. Are you back with club now then? Yeah. Yeah. Still with, uh, Sale Sharks. And at the moment, that's just like, um, the Allianz Premier Cup. Mm. And then we don't actually start until like middle of November. So it actually kicks off like just as some guys might be coming back from the World Cup. So. Yeah, it's, it's a long old season. There's lots of breaks in it, but it's good. Super good. A couple of, couple of young Welshies on the radar as well, which is always nice to make sure those guys are coming through. Is it? But you, uh, are you going to go on the porch? Are you going to be starting to porch some certain Worcester players? Oh, I feel so. I feel so much for them. Like, it's so hard. I think it's just made it really apparent, hasn't it? Like, how fragile the game is. Like, the fact that you've seen it in the men's game now, but obviously the knock-on effect that has for, for Worcester or the University of Worcester Warriors, I should say. Um, yeah, it's, it's gutting for them. Like, I think players players seem to find a way, like they'll always be okay, but it's, you know, I just feel for staff and all the, all the guys involved there at the club, is it's pretty tough. The women's team has been saved though, hasn't it? It's moved to the university. Yeah, I think there's a hope that they'll get somebody that can, that can buy it and can fund it. Um, it's just a really difficult like period of time because there's applications and bids for like the next sort of stage of the of the premiership at the moment. So it's it's not a great time to um, have all these sort of like financial worries, I suppose, when you're probably bidding to have a, a, a big chunk of investment for the next two years as well. So yeah, it's really difficult. Um, and obviously, like there's quite a few Welsh players there as well. So I can't imagine they're uncertainty that they'll have you know like while at the world cup they've probably got that in the background but you know they've got some quality quality coaching staff and quality people over there so hopefully they'll do everything they can to make them not have to stress about it while they're at the world cup and hopefully have something for them to come back to as well well if the wru would put the wheels in motion a few years ago they'd have a welsh club to come back to wouldn't they but where's the first dig we've we've heard now from Gemma Hallett? Tune in for 37,000 more during this one episode. <laughs> hey, we need pathways. Until we get them, I'm not going to shut up. Okay, enough of that then. We've got our hellos. Let's move straight into it. Wales got a first win in the World Cup. Are we happy with that? Super yeah, happy. I'm, I'm happy with the win. I mean, they made it hard work, 
But um, I think we saw some very pleasing things in the first half. And, I mean, you've got to take every result that comes your way, but there's plenty of them to learn going forward. And then the way the players were speaking after the game, I think they know with themselves. So they'll get more from that game, possibly of it being a game or two halves than what it would have been had it been like a full 80-minute performance. Mm. We can't take it away how crucial this win was. We saw how upset the Scottish girls were and how elated and emotional the Welsh girls were. Like it was for both teams had to win that. And for Wales to get it is like immense for us. I was looking back at the World Cup and Wales last won a, an opening game of a World Cup in uh, 94. But that was the old format when it was only three teams in a group. And Wales beat Canada and Kazakhstan. Right, that was in '94, and since we've moved to the new format with the full groups, we've never won an opening game. So this this is massive. This is, uh, you know, history making. Who that? I didn't know that. It feels like forever ago. I was four years old. <laughs> just to, just put it up there. Oh, you still twenty four? Oh I yeah. Think so um, with like the way that our group is sort of poised isn't it like that win was massive it it was almost like knockout rugby in the very first game for Wales um you know like it, it can still all change like don't get me wrong in terms of like losing bonus points winning bonus points all that kind of stuff but yeah like it, it gives them a free crack now doesn't it at, at New Zealand um and then by which point they'll know where the land lies in terms of what they've got to do and what they've got to get against Australia and I just think that puts them in a really good positive positive place you know for the rest of the tournament um, had they lost this game I mean that was going to be rough um, so yeah fair play you know like any wins a win isn't it even if it's ugly um, yeah I think that like the psychological battle and win and the amount of pressure they've put on themselves like just to get just to get past the finish line is huge Mm. You mentioned it then, the, the bonus point. Uh, so Scotland got the bonus point, we didn't. Is that going to come back to bite us, do you think, later on in the group? I think it's going to be really tight because Australia didn't get the losing bonus point against New Zealand, mm. which obviously puts them sort of bottom of the pool now. But the reality, like, New Zealand looks so strong, the chances are they're always going to pick up a winning bonus point. Like, or it's, like I'd have thought in terms of, like, scores... Um, try scored so yeah it, it, it could do because it was all going to depend on the Scotland Australia fixture really um, and then and then, like I said then they'll know what they've got to do against uh, Australia mm. See I think that should be our focus point after re-watching uh, the game yesterday there's plenty that we can do to make it a very tasty competition between Australia I think Wales could beat them but they need to be on top of their very top game and not think of it as, oh, it's Australia, we can write that off because we're going to write New Zealand off just because of who they are. It's not about that. I think we can go out there and actually, you know, turn a few heads based on little glimpses I saw in the first half and a couple again in the second half. It's just about playing a little bit smarter, and that's all it was. But I think first game jitters, we've got that out the way. They should really now be targeting top two finish. Well, 100%. I don't think that's unrealistic either. No, no. And Australia and Scotland play first, don't they? They play on uh, early hours Saturday for us, and we play early hours Sunday. So we we know exactly what, what needs to happen. So we're going to New Zealand game. 100% 100% we've got to be targeting Lowe's. What was your overall thoughts of the game, Lowe's? Um, when I first watched it, I was, you know, fan mode. I was like, get in there, we won and all this. And it was squeaky bum time, wasn't it, at the end? And fair play to Kira for putting her hand up. Um, watching it the second time, yeah, I obviously missed a lot of what went on uh, from the first watch. Um, it's more frustrating, especially some of our like set piece stuff. Like you know, those should be our banker calls, and it just it, something wasn't clicking. I don't know if I can blame it on selection because 
you've got to try new things and new um, partnerships and that. Um, but the scrum really annoyed me. Um, I can't say that both teams were scrummaging legally, but I, you know, being a Welsh fan, I do need to like zone in on what our girls were doing. Um, it's just basics, like not, you know, squaring off, hiding the inside shoulder. You're already presenting a bad picture to the referee <clears throat> who um, <laughs> had a questionable performance. But hey, um, she kept us in the game. <clears throat> well, I know some would argue she was our 16th player. Yeah. If I was the Scotland coaching team, I'd have plenty to say. But anyway, <clears throat> the um, yeah, so I'd just like them to just, like take it right back to basics. There's nothing wrong with keeping it so simple that the ball goes in and actually goes in. It doesn't have to be patted back. That's another talking point. Um, and um, even if you held the scrum solid, there's no need to get like angles and driving. And even if you held your scrum solid, ball in, ball out, let your backs have the chance to create something. Because we did see glimpses of it, especially seeing Meg Webb. I think she had a standard performance. I'm really glad to see that we've now got, you know, there's another option to put in the centre where, you know, before now we've all been saying, oh, it's Hannah Jones, Karen Lick. There's no one else. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. I thought... We're all, yeah, we were all on pins on me with Erin's, uh, Karen's injury, but fair play to Meg Webb. Uh, Tails, was that poor Scottish events or was that just a strong web? Yeah, I think Scotland will beat them themselves up a little bit when they watch it back, um, both in attack and defence, to be honest. I think a massive achievement for them, obviously, first World Cup in 12 years. So, you know, it's probably not jitters. It's probably just a, oh, my God, we finally made it kind of moment. But, yeah, I, I'm not going to lie. Like, when I first saw Selection and I, and I saw, um, you know, Meg Webb in there, I, I did question it myself. But I think in terms of the amount of probably pressure she had on her shoulders to go out there and perform... I mean, I think she made two clean line breaks, didn't she? Like super solid um, in everything that she did. And I just think, yeah, you know, it was a long time out of the game, didn't play since I think it was 20, 2020 uh, against France, which is a long time out of the game, you know, injury and illness. Um, I thought she was excellent, to be fair. And I think she's probably put a few headaches, certainly in the coaching staff in terms of selection for the for next week, because you'd really struggle not to reward her with another game. <laughs> I think she's made it easy for the coaching staff. To be honest, yeah. she'd be my first person <laughs> on on the on paper because you think now, Karen, she's obviously got you know injury concerns and whatever. But what a player to have on your bench, mm. or even the other way around. You know, you still keep Meg in in the match day squad, but give the you know decent playing minutes so she can really get into the game. Maybe when it opens up a bit and she can find those gaps. Yeah. Hmm. Selection is going to be a huge um, factor going into um, the next two games. Um, It was quite surprising to see the captain starting on the bench. Um, What do you make of that? Let's dive into that. What do you think of that, Tails? Yeah, I think it's a difficult one, isn't it, for her in terms of whether she's the first name on the team sheet or if she's the first name in your squad, if you like. I think when we saw um, Hannah do the captaincy stuff against England, that was probably like a little mini insight to what was what was to come. Yeah. I think at the moment, probably Shuan's picked up that sort of leadership role within the squad. So probably like a lot of off-pitch stuff and then obviously has that ability to stabilise the group. Um, because if you think of like the subs that came on off the bench in the game against Scotland, like there was so much experience and so much, um, like, do you know what I mean? Like steady hands almost. And I think that's probably where they see her role. Mm. Um, but yeah, you know, it's, it's different, isn't it? You see it with Sarah Hunter in England, not always a starter, but always somewhere in the squad and, and has that sort of off pitch role. Mm. Um, it looks like they're going that way with it. Um, you know, I thought Shana played really well at eight again, super stable. But yeah, I guess I suppose it's the variation that they look for and that and that role within the back um the back row, which is obviously going to be tested now. We've picked up a couple of injuries. Mm. I think it's fair to say that's Sean too, right? And 
you've got to find a place then for Shuan. And obviously your leadership and, and everything off the field, you said you've got maybe a slightly different role than than previously in the squad now. Um, yeah, but the butcher's injury, oh my gosh. Like, does anybody know anything about that? Is it an update? Nothing's come out officially yet. So it's only whispers I've heard, but immediately after the game, it was like crisis talks that she couldn't put any uh, weight down, uh, immediately put in a brace and on crutches. Mm. But yeah, it's definitely concerning, but obviously player welfare, you would never want to risk her going in and doing any more damage to what, well, we don't even know, but I think there's a scan planned now this week, uh, early days this week. Um, so we just wait and hear from that. But again, it was it, it was one of those where I didn't even clock the injury. First of all, I was like, pass, 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 pass the ball, pass the ball, pass the ball. But then I was trying to put myself in her shoes, and then I was like, I would never pass that. To be fair, <laughs> I would have never have passed. I, yeah, never but got, I would have got there. I would have got there. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, you know, massively frustrating and upsetting for her because she was having a stormer as well. Yeah, and it has been all season. I think she's actually one to look to in the future for that captaincy role. Ooh. I think uh, that's a good curveball in. Um, I think with the whole back row, they just have, or we're having like a really nice dynamic between them, weren't you? You were getting a little bit of everything out of them. And then obviously uh, George Evans has picked up, a, I think, shoulder injury or a AC joint injury as well which will throw the dynamics of that group out again. Because in terms of selection, we didn't see uh, Gwen Crabb in there. And I thought that might be something to shore the line out at. But actually, we ended up having, a, I think, a 100% line out you know, in yeah. her absence. So where do where you know where does Gwen come back in? Where does um, Sean Lily Crabb fit back in? You know, in their absence now, it's going to be a bit of a restructure, like not just back row, but probably like the whole pack. Because you've got to get that balance of... People who are willing to do the work, people are going to carry ball, you know, support lines. Like we saw, I don't know how many of those little inside tips off um, Eleanor Snowzel again, you know, that Butchers is like so comfortable running. Like it's going to have to be sort of shared out between between the rest of the pack who picked up those little bits. But yeah, like gutted for her, just wish her like the speediest of recoveries and let's all cross our fingers and hope it's not as as, as bad as they look. I want to talk about Snowy, you just mentioned it there, but before we move on from the back row, um, what really scares me about this pack, or probably the whole team squad actually, is if we pick up too many injuries, like who who would we fly out? For me, we're lacking so much depth outside of this, you know, um, contracted players. And that's a last conversation for another pod because we want to concentrate on the World Cup. But, you know, once we start going down key players, where's the depth going to come from? I um I heard Tails is free over the next couple of weeks. You don't, have to be a con- you don't have to be a contracted player, see. <laughs> Where we you have to be a player though. Yeah. <laughs> Where were you on the weekend, Tails? Tell us. Where was I? Yeah. Um, I had the luxury of going down to uh, do some commentary on the game, so it was really cool. Um, not from New Zealand, obviously, but, uh, from London, mm. where I got to see Philippa Tutia, um, which we also need to talk about in, in a bit, if I can. But um, yeah, it was it was nice to see her. Uh, it was nice to watch the game with like loads of screens around you as well, like as the super geek with like the live stats coming up. So uh, yeah, I was in my element there. <laughs> I was like in geek land. It was brilliant. Yeah. So let's try to organise this. It's literally like I'm either in Manchester or I'm in London. Like I'm too big time to do this pod. <laughs> like easily fit us in on a Monday. She's like I can probably do that. So she haven't got time to fly out to New Zealand and play. I have realised that this World Cup with the time zones, I'm going to be so tired. <laughs> Like by the time by the time November rolls in, I can't wait. And the clock change as well. That's gonna just throw me like I'll be that week will not be a good week for me. Can tell already. Stop getting distracted. We're off topic again. Let's go back to Snowy because you tweeted probably the best game you've ever seen her play. I tweeted the same in 2017 World Cup. So obviously Snowy Snowy likes to impress at World Cups. Um, but why why did you tweet that? What was so good about Snowy? I just think the calmness and composure is something that we probably 
haven't seen from her for a little while. Um, and the basics, that's probably what I can just say, like the basics were done and done well. And I just think that was, that is a massive stumbling block that we've had certainly over the last 12 months where, or the, you know, like what, what were we five losses on the bounce, I think, um, where we've really struggled to do the basics. Well, I like our kick game has been really poor. And when we have kicked our line, like we haven't retained our line out possession. Whereas this weekend we kicked when we needed to, we got enough distance on it to get ourselves out of trouble or put ourselves in contention. And then our line out was spot on. So it was just the little things I think we were done well. And that's probably, it, don't get me wrong. It, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't fancy at times, <laughs> um, but it just shows like you get that, you get that base, you know, the basics, right. It, it gives you a shot at it. Um, so yeah, it was just nice to see. I think it was nice to see them get that and for her to play that way for a little while. Cause I think she has felt a little bit restricted in, in the way she's played. And yeah, I guess the next game will be exciting to see. Cause that's probably a, a chance for her to, impress again like you said she seems to wait for these big games to rock up and like what what better chance for Wales to do it um, at a World Cup mm. when you're when you're 10 plays well it does build that natural confidence throughout the whole team so it is one position on the team that does need to be on their in game every time and it is something that's been missing and we've said it plenty over the pod but just as Taylor said we were able to exit we oh. got ourselves out of, you know, danger zones, your red zones, whatever you want to call it. And we did something with the ball, put us down the pitch, gave us a little bit of breathing space and then managed to put extra pressure on their attack or their set piece and kept them pinned down and we were playing in the right places rather than always trying to get out of over 22. So mm. credit where it's due. She really did pick up a game and you could see what that did to the everyone around her then. Everyone was hyping her for a good 20 minutes, wasn't it? Because it was so nice for us to see. And then you go on Twitter and, oh, my God, it was like the Snowzill fanfare had come to town. But uh, that's going to do huge um, things, not just for her, but for the whole coaching setup, the team, the squad, families, fans out there, it's going to be huge. And I'm not pinning it just on one player, but it usually is. If your ten's playing well, it does set you off on a nice little stepping stone then for the, how you want to play the game, doesn't it? Yeah. And it adds a whole new dimension to our game now, doesn't it, that we can actually kick, which is awesome. Yeah. Okay. And regather. And we got it. That's an overview. Everyone's thoughts on the game. Let's dive in. Let's go deep on a few things. So what were the, the critical moments for you? Hills, I know you like to speak about the critical moments. Oh, uh, discipline wasn't great. Uh, I thought we were very fortunate. Having said that, I would say, I think we gave away 18 penalties in that game. Mm-hmm. Um, I checked the New Zealand, Australia stats. They gave away seven in theirs. Like we are not like moving forwards, like we're not gonna be able to have that that, that discipline again. Um the kicking game I've already mentioned, so like the kick and regathering, I thought line out was was much much better. Um and then probably just a couple of couple of bits really, like the ball retention in that last, whatever it was, the 81st to the 84th minute <laughs> was something ridiculous, was really, really good. And I think ah. just showed a, a level of composure that we yeah. probably haven't seen before I'm going to be brave and say that that is my I don't know if you can have a critical moment so late in the game but that to me shows how much this squad has grown that I don't think Wales of old would have been able to manage game management those last three or four minutes to work themselves up the field to put Bevan in a position where she can kick for three and win the game I don't think we've ever seen that from Wales that game management, that for me has shown how much this squad has grown and understand what they want to achieve. That was immense. Because everybody's um, honed in on the fact that since going, um, what do you call it? Pro? Yeah, since going pro, all, all they seem to be doing is fitness. Where's the skills base? Where's you know game time and all of this? Fitness played a huge part of that. Every yeah. other Welsh team would have been run off the park after about 58 minutes. Mm. So the fact that they were able to front up and still be there in the 84th minute is a credit to what they've been doing over the last few months as well. 
Yeah, definitely. I, I think you've got to credit like selection as well in that. Because like I said, like the people that were on the pitch in that time were probably like your most experienced, you know, like having having Carol on there, uh Shuan on there, Robin on there, Kira on there. Like it's just a it's people who've been around for a long time that know what you need to do at the right moment. And I think that was crucial as well. Blows, what was your critical moments of the games where it's either turned in our favour or nays? Well, it's it's been touched upon, but discipline is huge. The fact that they weren't able to convert into points is a huge let off for us because had she slotted all her penalties, it would be a very different game. Mm. Um, but also knowing that we are now playing in the right area. So on the 47th minute, we were piling the pressure on, but it was almost as if we were running out of ideas. It was like, we'll pick and go, pick and go, pick and go until the death, rather than eyes up rugby, knowing that all of Scotland's defence was inside the first post, I think, or it, it maybe one the other side of it. We could have just had simple hands and it would have been a run-in, just like Katie Powell's try. That was sweet. Two-person overlap as well, outside there. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It, it can look so simple, but I, this is why I don't want to be too critical of them because I am chuffed with them. They've done, you know, there's plenty there that they've done that's good. But it is just those crucial moments where just look up. Or where is your leader in that situation? Where is your scrum have to be like, my ball, nine on, nine on, or whatever? Mm. And then the forwards, no. And there's no there's no harm in a forward putting a pass back anyway. We've seen plenty of them try. So I don't know, you know, is there, you know, is that a coaching call now to be like, if you're piling on the pressure and you're not going anywhere, rather than you know, risk a penalty and a turnover, look what other options are on. Mm. Especially so when, you know, you're playing with that confidence and we started well from kickoff, we started well from the second half as well. So it's just about so that. Go to the scrum for us and talk through um, the moment that, uh, was it Kira Bevan gave a penalty away? Um, it was a bit of crazy try uh, scrum time just before that as well, wasn't it? Look, I'm not really sure what went on with the scrum. Both teams were having a bit of, you know, towing and throwing for that. I, I haven't got a clue. Anyway, the scrum was a bit of a mess all around. Rather than putting a clean feed in, it was a battle every single time, I think. That is something that they definitely need to have a look into. Um, but it, I think it's more so to do with the front row being so high and trying to drive over rather than keeping a you know square position and going forward with it. And like I said earlier, you don't need to drive over a scrum to be dominant. I think they're trying to paint good pictures to the ref without actually looking after the basics. So in that situation where Kira then had to slap it back after feeding it in, then yes, it's a clear penalty, but you know, some some might say she could get away with it if she didn't have three thousand cameras looking at her as well. <laughs> But like if you're used to those Sunday league games, I'm sure <laughs> Kira has done it over and over and over again. But yeah, it, you know, it happened in this game and not, you know, on again, you know, later on in the tournament where it could, you know, it could change a result massively. But you know, teams are going to be looking for this now, and they're going to be putting extra pressure on our scrum, knowing that the feed can be messed up. I would be if I was analysing, I'd I'd be talking to the ref way before the first scrum saying, look at inside shoulders. There you go. But then if I was coming up against Scotland, I'd be saying the same about them as well. So, you know. Just something you say every game. Well, if I'm if I'm having to say it every game, why aren't they changing the picture? Oh, she's off how tails. <laughs> yeah. It just costs a lot. It costs it cost a lot, and it's basic. You've been warned and warned and warned. You should cut it out by then. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, I've got something else to mourn about as well before I actually just go about positives. Go on, then. The pass back into the pocket. What's the matter with that? Well, no one if there's someone there to receive it. Or nothing if there's someone there to receive it. But how many times do we see the pass just going to ground? Did anyone notice that being an issue? Or was it just me? 
Go on, talk us through it. So I like the move because it's focusing on getting the ball out wide. But you've got to have your block runners to hold the de- uh, defence. And then you actually need someone in the pocket to pass it back to. Well, no, not Whereas, to clear, to attack. Pardon? Right? Not to yeah, clear. attacking, attacking. Yeah. Right? So um, usually it would be your, your pod of forward or whatever, and then you'd get like a back row or something to pass it out to the centre then. So there's two issues here. One, the player wasn't in position at times. And when the player was in position, she'd pass back and then the centre would drift across the whole pitch rather than fixing again and using the overlap. So a couple of things to just tie up, Ben, before we play New Zealand. Yeah. yeah. I just think that they thought, I think Wales thought they were the better team. So let's have a go. Do you know what I mean? It yeah, did feel that. at times that Wales were running away with it, even though the score was very mm. close. So that's when you do get your props on the touchline and thinking, I'll do a John Alumo beer. <laughs> I just think it, those are the basic things. Though. Sort your scrum out. That's your platform. There's no, there shouldn't be any issues there. I don't, I don't even want like an 80 metre run over. I just want a nice, secure scrum. There you are. Nice and tight. Right, we've got to move on. The ball we've got to move yeah, on. And then get the ball up wide. Let's see your wingers. Okay. So, Tails, what improvements do you want to see from uh, from Wales from that first game? Yeah, look, I think loads of them, um, you might have touched on it once or twice, but just the, the scrum being the platform, um, you know, it, it, it will be key. That New Zealand front row looks pretty strong, um, not just at scrum time, but around the loose and in their carries, like, you know, what whatever selection be, they're going to have to manage those guys. And I think scrum scrum time will become even more important, you know, um, for us to at least try and keep a bit of ball and retain a bit of ball, which brings me on to my other bit. It's probably around that kicking game. So ironically, I, I think we we kicked pretty, pretty well against Scotland, um, probably knowing that they don't have the best kick game back towards us, if that makes sense. So we'd either get like a territory gain or the ball back sort of, you know, from a, a knock-on or whatever. Whereas... New Zealand, interestingly, didn't kick that much against Australia. And I just think if we're going to go with that, that sort of game plan again, we just need to be really, really careful. Um, we might not get the ball returned to us like we think we might. They might run it. Um, in we, which might case, get, think, we might get Ruby Tui and Portia Woodman. <laughs> yeah. So if if we're going to do it, like, uh, you know, like we had really good um, kick retention against Scotland, like we're going to have to get up, we're going to have to challenge for the ball, we're going to have to compete. Um, if that's what we go for, but I think probably like variety from them. Um, and then the last bit is like, we made seven clean line breaks. Like we need to score more. Mm. I want to, I want to, I want to see him score more. I know Lowe's touched on it before around like chucking the ball around, but I think we've got to be a bit like that. We've got to be a bit braver. Um, we're not going to get anywhere near as many opportunities against New Zealand, although they did look pretty ropey in that first 30 minutes. Um, <laughs> but we've we, we've got to go for it like if we get it we've got to go for it and I think it's a good game to try that because um, we know how hard it's going to be um, but but why not like you know when, when you're there it'd be a hell of an opportunity to miss yeah absolutely yeah from me it's like we've got to score we've got to up the tempo now and be a bit more ferocious and aggressive and we just got to all about that try line yeah um so before we move on to, uh, we're going to touch on a little bit about what's been going on in Wales in terms of rugby. But before we do that, um, is there anything you change? So let's let's forget about um, the uncertain injuries, which we do not know about. So we know that Butchers isn't going to be starting. Um, so we'll rule that one out. But for the others for now, let's just say everyone's available. Who would your would you make any changes and who would your starters be for New Zealand? Who's a who's a bolt on and who would you consider? Let's go to you, Lowe's. Um I haven't thought too much on who I'd actually be putting in there, but I know like game plan wise, I think the subs are gonna be coming on early because it is gonna be a fast, fierce game against New Zealand. That's you know, that's expected. That's that's known of them. So each person is going to be putting one hell of a shift in and you could ask someone to put 
two minutes in and they'll be blowing. You'll have someone to put 40 minutes in and they'll be blowing. That's the type of game it's going to be. So I don't know in that sense then, do you put your heavier players on to start to keep it nice and tight as or as tight as you can? Or do you throw them in, you know, 30, 35 minutes from the end when, you know, game may have lost a little bit of management? But you're going up against New Zealand. We could be 60 down by then. I'm I'm not looking at the scoreline for the next game. I just want to see little bits of um, what Wales can concentrate on their own um, stats and improving their own game. Um, But I think it would be wrong to drop Meg Webb. I think she's nailed her position and she deserves that chance to go again. And why not against one of the best teams in the world? Um, I probably would bring Shuan back in just because when you're running around for 40 minutes straight, you can get a little bit of headless chickens. So do we put someone on with that strong leadership style? Um, um, you know, it could be that she didn't start against Scotland because she did suddenly experience a family bereavement. So did that play a part into selection as well? Oh, so, right. yeah, so... I don't know how you play it. Do you think of it as a development game? Let's try new things and really, you know, take it to them with the best what of what you're on, you're on the fence about this, is what you're saying. Who, right. I know I'm having Seanan Harris as eight and I know I'm putting Meg Webb in the centre. There you are. So there we go. You're not making any changes then? <laughs> not for those I would change my... One of my props. Okay. Leaving it there? Yeah, I'll leave it there. All right. Tails, are you making any changes? Oh, my God. Try and wrap it up uh, for shorter than we did. Yeah, I, I guess probably, like, front rows-wise, it'll be interesting to see who's coming back um, and who's, like, available for selection, won't it? You know, like, is, is, is Gwenny P an option yet in terms of selection? Uh, just to sort of shore up that scrum a little bit but I think if the the changes that'll happen you know through injuries will probably add a little bit more weight anyway into that into that scrum so um I just think like the way some of them played they deserve to retain their place um and I think they should for that really and plus part of like tournament playing is I know you say around like using it as a a bit of an opportunity to try some new stuff but continuity and playing together is massive in these moments and in these tournaments. And I think the longer time they have on, on the pitch, especially people like Hannah Jones and Megan Webb, like they need more time to get that connection because it's only going to get stronger and stronger. Um, so yeah, not, not, not massive tweaks. I don't think it's just probably around the, who's coming back from injury and, and who's not available from, for selection. Mm. What, what are you saying then, Hallett? I wouldn't change anything for potentially uh, if Gwenny P is fit for her to come back in. So everything Tails just said then? Yeah, pretty much. I made on my notes whatever Tails was saying I was writing down. <laughs> no, I think we're all of the similar mindset. Me. Like, no real big changes. I don't think there's any glaring change that needs to be made other than I don't really understand what goes on in the front row, uh, Lowe's, so we'll take what your advice is there. I don't understand that, see. And from you, Tails, two people who had, like, huge rugby knowledge, you're behind the front row. Hey, I never <laughs> said I didn't know what was going on there. Your weight is helping what the front row is doing. Yeah, my ears were always slammed up against arse cheeks. I couldn't hear any of the coaching that was going on. So <laughs> it was, like, Middle Earth to me. Ridiculous. <laughs> it was nice to see uh, Karis Phillips in a new scrum cap, though. That cheered me up. Did it? Do you know what? <laughs> we had a bet, me and Derek. I said, there is no chance she's ever going to get rid of that red scrum cap. Is it like a superstitious thing? Lo and behold, she pops up with a new one. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> yeah. Good to see. She had, a, she had a solid game as well, so that was nice to see. What was the hooking issue then? Well, I don't think it was a hooking issue. Well, I think... I don't understand the front row, I have to ask. But, uh, like obviously you go in to look at that because that's who's hooking the ball back but I think it's more so to do with how the bind was set up that there was too much space between torsos to ground 
and you were getting turned. So you're not getting that clean route back. Too much space between torsos to ground. Yeah, I just made that up. But you know what I mean? Between the space between you and the floor. I thought that came out of the big book of rugby courts. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah, no. If you want to ask Treacle, she'll know. Okay. Speaking That's of Treacle, I mean. that brings us on perfectly into the segue. Um, so let me take you to Welsh news. You to have a little break a second. Uh, the Vets played on the weekend. Um Laurie, you weren't old enough, but uh, Tails and I couldn't yeah. make it. Um, but hopefully, hopefully next year. So the Vets played for the Wooden Spoons. It's the first time, I believe, that Wales Vets has entered a team, a women's team. So we had the likes of Treacle, Beth Hawke, Catherine Edwards, <laughs> Berry, Lou Rickard, uh, Kelly Jenkins, Ellen Evans, Amy Day. I think they are all the ones that you probably know. Um, some other club regional players from uh, back in the day in Wales as well. And the only one in bloody won it, they won their first ever run out at, uh, was it Vets Fest? And the whole thing, yeah. mega, um, I got a quote from Treacle, I, I spoke to her earlier, she said, it was such a good weekend, so much fun. It was great for her to meet up with uh, those teammates I, I listed off, to make new friends and extend her rugby family. Um, oh. let's quote. So she wants all of us to be involved next year. She wants this to be a shout out on the pod that they've started now looking at a leadership team for it. They're going to raise sponsorship and get more and more, try and fill it with um, Welsh international vets. Um, there's a little bit of leeway on the age thing alone, so you might still qualify. Uh, yeah. you qualify, no problem. <laughs> um, but yeah, she's going all in and uh, we all love her. So we're all going to support it. They managed to raise £85,000 over the weekend for oh. children with disabilities and things like that. So big shout out oh. to the game. Um, staying with the shout out, we've got to give it to the Rugby League girls. Did you see that score? Amazing. Right. I mean, what a journey these girls are on. They've just gone like a rocket, haven't they? So they're playing in the Euro champs. And I think they're in like, B or something. Um, they beat Italy a couple of weeks ago, 60-0. And their second game was out in uh, Donnerbrook. We've all been there. Um, and they beat Ireland 44-4. <laughs> so they're now like smashing the European Championships undefeated so far as they're making their way through the group stages. So well done, Rugby League girls. Incredible. And then very quickly, let's take it to the club scene. A couple of weeks ago, um, the, the clubs had a bit of an issue. Less than 50% fielded a team. So we've got to keep an eye on that. Um, I think we're only in like weekend two or three for some teams uh, based on the scores that are up. But um, quick news from the clubs is, um, we'll just say who's top. They All the scores, everything you need to know is on All Sports Wales. And they're even tracking uh, try scorers, top point scorers and kickers as well. So that's where everybody should be going. I'll just quickly give you an update of who's winning what so far. So the Prem, we've got um, Ponaclean top, two from two. And the Championship, we've got uh, Lampetus sitting up the top, three from three. And then as we come down to the lower league, we've got East, Old Pens, uh, two from two. In the West, Tumble are two from two. And up North, Shot and Steel are two from two. So really early days. Um, but there were more games played this weekend than any other, so... Hopefully that momentum can start to build because the teams are there. We just need them to fill their matches, right? And then we got hundreds of girls playing every weekend. So um, just very quickly, I do want to mention the rugby league game. I forgot to say it. Uh, we've retweeted it. So if you want to watch the rugby league game, just jump on Twitter and we've retweeted it on our feed and you can watch it. Um, but I really want to watch it live. I still haven't managed to do that yet. No, same. And if I was a millionaire, do you know if I had loads and loads of money? Obviously, I'd invest in the club game because, you know, that's lacking at the moment. But I would pull a wedding to rugby league because how their journey is just beyond. It's beyond words, really, isn't it? Because they've come from nowhere and they're just achieving, well, everything. Do you know what it is, though, though? The, the rugby league union or the rugby league setup is really invested in the women's game. And yeah. in an environment where they can thrive. Yeah. Um, so that might have something to do with it. 
There we go. There's the second dig there. <laughs> so, Tails, have you been to see any games up north? I have. I watched a rugby league game up north. Um, yeah. yeah, they came up. They came and played at uh, Arius Park up here. So, watched a little bit of that, which is pretty cool. It's nice to have it traveling around and be able to see it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I love it. Like the, the, the World Cup's kicking off this week or next week as well. So, like, as if there wasn't enough rugby going on anyway. Yeah. Now we can watch another World Cup. So, yeah. not sure why they put them at the same time, but hey, uh, yeah, more the merrier. Yeah, both postponed on because of COVID. So, it's just worked out that yeah. way. But you know what? I had a coffee with the CEO of Rugby League a few months back before he left that position. And he was adamant that the women, the disability rugby and the men's were all going to get paid. They were all going to get treated equal. The women's, the disabilities and the men's. There was no disparity between them. Full equity across. If you played Rugby League for Wales, you were getting the same as everybody else. Really? Yeah. So why are the under 18 still waiting for the caps on? This is Rugby Union. They're still waiting for the oh. cat. Oh, rugby league. Sorry. Let's visit that, shall we? Yeah. So that was I thought fun. she was I thought Lose was having a long pause there and like writing some notes because she was considering coming out of retirement. Like <laughs> rugby league. <laughs> <laughs> no, I you know me, I'm a fair weather <laughs> rugby player. So. Uh, no. It's yeah. too dry then, though, there. Hard ground. Hard. <laughs> You're faster though, you're faster. <laughs> so before we go back to the World Cup and we look forward to New Zealand game, let me just touch on what Laurie just said. The under-18s weren't supposed to be capped. WRU said no. This is the girls now that played in our Six Nations tournament and won it. Uh, they weren't getting their caps, even though the men did. The boys did. And then the WRU did a U-turn, you know, almost broke their neck very quickly and said, go on then, we'll give you caps. And they're still waiting. So this is back early summer. It's now October and the under-18 girls are still waiting for those caps. A lot of them have gone off to college, gone off to uni um, and disbanded, you mean? But on a positive note, the under-18s and under-20s are all back training. So there's something happening there. They are training. I know. Can't wait. We've actually got something feeding the senior team. Yes. Cool. All right. Speaking of the senior team. Queen. <laughs> so looking forward I'm really excited about this game because there's always the what if in it when you play New Zealand like just oh, what if we beat them right I can't cope um, so well it starts before kickoff doesn't it the experience of just watching the hacker is insane so I know it's a World Cup game you've got to get your uh, game heads on but what an experience that hacker. And we've all experienced it. So it's like, you know exactly what they're going through. So, yeah. It's huge. It was a bit hacker. Just because they're New Zealand, there's no, that shouldn't change mindsets now, I think. You're out there to do a job. Be yeah. realistic about the job, but you're out there to do a job. Don't it feed you more, though? Don't it give you more energy, give you more. Um, ferociousness in what you want to do? I, I think from, you know, from my own um, experience, it was more about wanting to prove a point. Mm. That regardless, even, you know, the score lines were still ridiculous when I played, but it's it's more of, well, why shouldn't we play, be playing against New Zealand? Mm. Look what I can do against New Zealand kind of thing, isn't it? Mm. So, but I, I hope they're going to be looking at... at look what this team can do rather than individuals in it. Mm. Yeah. Tails, based on the, the run of results New Zealand has had, is this probably the best opportunity that a Welsh team has had to come head-to-head with New Zealand? Yeah, probably. And I think it's probably one of the, will probably be one of the most memorable in terms of like what Lo said, like it's it's in New Zealand. We probably saw one of the most emotional hackers we've ever seen from them, like at Eden Park, which I just thought was was probably a part of the reason they were so unsettled because they were so emotional when that game started. Um, sadly, I don't think we'll get that opportunity again because I think they've buried those nerves now. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's just, it's a massive, it's a massive moment for people. You know, if you're fortunate enough to be part of that 23 and stand there and and have that moment, like that'll be a moment that stays with them forever. Um, and then exactly that, like 
every time I played, I wanted to see, like, I didn't want to be the best in Wales. I wanted to see if I could be the best in the world. And I think that's what this gives you. It gives you a, a chance to be on probably what will be the biggest stage, um, certainly to date in terms of like media coverage and like um, where rugby, where women's rugby is currently. It's, it's, it's the most high profile it's ever been, but also you're going to go against one of the most high profile teams in their backyard. So like, if you want to put a statement down as a player, that's where you want to be. And, and I know like we're lucky, like in that Welsh team that we, you know, we've already mentioned snows are like a big game, but like Sean Ed, I reckon will be in her element. Like this is, this is the, like, I don't know, like it's just, she thrives off it. Like you said, like you, you use the energy and the emotion out of their hacker and you take, you let it take your own game to another level as well. Yeah. Um, she likes to try against New Zealand as well, doesn't she? <laughs> loves to try against New Zealand. Yeah. So the last time you played New Zealand um, in a competitive fixture, I know they had a bit of a training run out with them, didn't they? Was you were playing tails and Laurie and I were um, fangirling in the crowd out in uh, Ireland. So it was 2017 World Cup and New Zealand won 44-12. So is that a similar kind of scoreline we can expect? Um, yeah, I think like I would really love to see Wales get on the board. Like you said, I think the focus has got to be about scoring points. And there's definitely opportunities to score points against that New Zealand team at the moment. They don't look that assured in their defensive setups. Like we know mm. we saw them have a really tough, tough few results against France, tough few results against England. Like it's doable. Um, I think some of the Welsh defence stuff was 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 really good and and you know, for for a number of phases on the weekend, but for me, it's just that discipline and stuff. Like you give 18 penalties away, that scoreline is going to be brutal and they just can't afford to do it. Um, but yeah, like, why not? Like, I think they've got to try and get as close as they can. I mean, imagine when we pick up a losing bonus point, that would be incredible. But also like a win isn't off the cards. Like you said, like you're always going to have the what if and you've got to go out with that mentality. But yeah, be, be sensible and let's see if we can keep the ball for long periods of time so they can't have it. Because if they haven't got it, they can't be scoring. Um and let's see if we can get a losing bonus point because if we can get within that, like it puts us in an incredibly good place in the group. What do you think, Lowe's? Have we got a losing bonus point in us? No. No, not. Not for this game. No, I, no you tend well, nowhere near the best. Exactly that. Like when you're coming away. So I think we're in a good position because we get to play against England often. England play New Zealand, England have been getting on the right side of the result that side. But I think the occasion will play a factor. Playing England is nothing to these girls now, is it? Because they've got that fire in their bellies and they want to prove a point and they think that it's a game that they can win. New Zealand is a little bit of the unknown and they hype it up to be more than what it is. So I think the occasion will carry it, you know... Well, take it away from a, a little bit, but I don't think it's going to be a close game. So, what would be good? For, so, if the result is off the table as far as you're concerned. What would be, what would be a great performance to come eighty minutes against New Zealand? What would make you happy and satisfied as a fan? Do you really want me to say yeah? <laughs> yeah. We sort out our scrimmaging. <laughs> is one yeah. and I'd um, love to get a couple of tries in yeah. if not more I'd really want to see the girls score in as, as well especially against a team of that calibre and um, yeah standard performances again because let's see someone else shine this game let's see someone else do bits isn't it so you know Elle and Meg had stormers let's see someone else put their hands up mm. one thing I do want to say though so Kira Febre put her hand up, took the three points, lovely jubbly won the game. However, there was that little bit of squeaky bum time and who's taking the kick. So those little chats need to be showed up before the next game. So it doesn't cause you know doubt throughout the team and that's on the pitch. It, you know, in this situation, this is what this is what's happening, this is who's taking it, bloody blah blah, blah in it. I wanted to I want to see two things. You know, you watched the Australia New Zealand game, right? It was ferocious, wasn't it? Like yeah. the intensity of which um, New Zealand, Australia in the first half, I think Australia's bench um, really weakened Australia, regardless of the two cards that New Zealand had. I think 
New Zealand would have pulled away anyway because the bench didn't offer much. But the ferocity of how those two teams play, I don't think Wales have come up against that yet. Not just in this World Cup. I don't think, you know, or I probably from England, of course, but teams are so much softer. Just the, the speed. So we've got to go match that. I want to see a level come out of Wales that we've never seen. That gutsy, ferocious, um, almost aggressive rugby style. Um, and really own it when we're tackling, running, everything. Just dominate. And I think if we can dominate parts of New Zealand, uh, part of their game, then New Zealand will be rattled. Right? And we've seen a New Zealand rattled team quite a lot this last season. Um, and then the second thing is that game management. If we could take those three minutes and turn that into a 30 minutes of the first half and have control of the game, again, rattle New Zealand. Because they got individual skill, which we can't can't compare with, right? And in individual, those backs we mentioned earlier and, and their forwards pack you mentioned, Tails. But there's some things we can do to nullify that. Let's go head to head with the aggression and let's let's manage the game better than they can. I think if Wales achieves that, um, by the end of that 80 minutes, you know, that would be awesome. Yeah, it's playing smart, isn't it? Like I spoke to a, I won't say his name in case it gets him into trouble, but um, he coached an international team that played against New Zealand. And he said it was like part of what they did in the build-up for that game was all about game management, but time. So like how, how like it sounds wrong and I, I, a little bit negative maybe in some in some ways, but like on your scrum, take your time. On your line out, take your time. Like, like you know, almost wear the clock down. And then when you've got the ball, you keep the ball for as long a period as you can because all you're doing is stopping them from having it and stopping them from having a scoring opportunity. But I think it's hard, isn't it? Because like if you go really safe, you cut out like your own ambition to go and win the game, which I think is probably like a balance that, that that Welsh team sort of finds a little bit difficult at the moment. Like, do you play safe or do you go for it? Um, I think, yeah, there's probably elements where we probably, like for me, I think we need to, we, we need to play smart um, and, and we play don't boring. need to go with... Play boring. Play boring. <laughs> I, you know, as harsh as that sounds, but it, it's what... It's, it pains it's me to say that. <laughs> but, it, but it's just one game. And if you play boring and do it well, you'll get the result. So do you, will you look back and... You know, in four years' time, when we're still talking on this pod about where are the pathways, um, <laughs> yeah. we'll be looking back saying, oh, uh, Wales beat uh, New Zealand in um, the World Cup. Nobody's going to be like, oh, yeah, what a drag of a game that was. They're not, they're ne- they'll never turn around and say that. They'll be like, yeah, boy, Wales beat New Zealand. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah, no rugby in our half. Let's not play any rugby in our half. And then when we get in there 22, let's hammer it. As ferocious as we can be under in control. Because I can't wait though. There's gonna be some like massively tasty head to heads, isn't there? Oh, oh I can't wait. What's appealing to you? Oh, I don't know, just like wingers. I can't wait. Oh. Like would like they've got like obviously, you know, um Ruby Tui is like in form. So why wouldn't you want to have a crack at her? Like, you know, if you're your dad's Joyce, you've got to be running your hands together with that. Like, I think a battle of the nines will be hilarious. Like, can't wait to watch that one unfold. Which um, nine do you think you'll go with? I think he'll keep Fionn, Fionn Lewis. Um, it's been really hard because, like, <laughs> what more could have Kira have done? Do you know what I mean? In terms of come on, like, manage that ball respect and serve, keep the phaser ticking over, and then kick the points. But I think probably just, um, I think Fionn gets like into the into that ruck chain defense really well before she plays in. It just holds a couple of defenders, which just frees a few people up and a bit gives us a little bit of time. So the match um, between Fionn and Cottage is really appealing. Oh, I just think, yeah, like it, it's just gonna be cool, isn't it? Like the head to heads that they can put on there. And, and that's all they've got to think about, probably like chance to go against opposition like that is is pretty cool. So hopefully it'll get them super excited for it as well. If he stays with Meg Webb, she got a massive task on she because Fuller is on fire. She was awesome. Ah, uh, she'll be Simon. She'll have her in a back pocket all game. <laughs> it's it's going to be huge, isn't it? As long as we're disciplined and we play in the right areas and play this boring game, you know, it's still I I still think even then it's going to be a huge task. But um, it's exciting. Can we, can we not? 
can we not say boring? Can we just say like rugby for the purists or something? Because it's still cool. Like you said, strong carries, getting over the gain line. I mean, you're definitely cool. Shorter carries, interception, try. I'm calling it a yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, so uh, do we want to do score predictions? Anybody bold enough? Yeah, I'll go 48, um, 13. So one no, better than last no, time. No, 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 no. no. no, no, no. <laughs> I want to see, see a couple of tries. So I'll go... 48, 17. Ooh. Three tries. Oh, that's, that's three tries, one converted. Tails. Are you expecting me to go with you? I'm going to put my positive pants on. Maybe my rose-tinted glasses pants on. And my it's a World Cup and I'm a little bit too excited pants on. Um, not my A470 crew pants, though. Not those. Um... I'd love to see us get within a couple of tries with a like, you know, if we can be within 14 points or even better, you know, I think that I think they'd be do, have done incredibly well. Well, on the fence then. Yeah, I think it'll be quite high scoring. I, I do. Um, but I think that's where we've got to, like, we've got to be able to take our chances as well. I, like, they'll obviously put points on us. Of course they do. They put 40 points on Australia and they've definitely got the, they've got the strike power to do it. But I think hopefully we'll, we'll join the party as well um, and try and stick with them as much as we can. Harlot. So, yeah. So that's it. She's not giving us a score. She won't do it. Um, my heart says we're going to win 17-12. Um, but my head says... <laughs> Um, all right, put the eyebrow down. <laughs> My head says it's probably going to be um, forty pointer, and Wales will get will get one at least. So at least forty five. There's always that chance. Anything can happen <laughs> in a minute. Lucky We're like we can do this. <laughs> lucky bounce is all we need. Jazz Joyce in space. Anything hey. can happen. Jazz got caught. Again, Scotland. Now yeah, then, yeah. there's a change. Yeah. Maybe that's why Butchers didn't pass to her. <laughs> She's like, nah, you got caught. I'll go. I'll do it myself. <laughs> Good stuff. So where will you be watching it, Lowe's? At home. In All my right. living room. Good energy. Will you be up to watch your life? Uh, yeah, it's similar time, isn't it? Kick off? No, a bit earlier. Quarter past three. Hilarious. I will not be up. Unless Kai, unless the baby gets me up. Tails, you're heading down to London for the studio, right? I am. So I really hope I'm awake for it. Otherwise, I'll be in big trouble. Uh, yeah, I'll be, I'll be hyped again. So do you sleep or do you just stay up? Uh, I tried to sleep last weekend, but I was too excited. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I had that FOMA, like fear of uh, missing my my alarm, so I didn't really sleep. But I think I probably, I might just power through this one. Yeah, quarter past three is a funny one there. I. If... I'm going to have to go to sleep because mm. i got a bottomless brunch. i got to leave at like just after 10. So I'm going to have to sleep. And get you, know when, you know when you say you're busy? Is, is that what you mean? <laughs> yeah, I'm bottomless brunch in. Hey, I was, uh, I was on a girl's trip skiing this weekend. Um, busy, yeah. Yeah, and I had to get up for the, the Welsh game um, at half five. I was still very tipsy, boys. I had to watch the game again because I couldn't remember it the first time. Yeah, so very committed, see? I'll be watching it live, absolutely. Okay, so just before we go, you said you had a story about Phil. You got to bump into Phil. Yeah, so I obviously love listening to, uh, to Philippa Titiot's commentary, but I'm always fascinated by the accent that she uses. So <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, I think Phil went on holiday to like Australia for about two weeks, but has somehow like <laughs> absorbed the Aussie accent, right? So <laughs> this World Cup, I just can't wait. So like as it as it develops and like different people are with her and the studio goes, I just want I want us to all be really mindful about that transition of Phil's voice from now <laughs> until the end of November. I cannot wait. I so can't wait. at the end of every pod throughout this World Cup, we'll just check in to see what accent she used in the last game. Yeah. She's so I'm expecting. Yeah. Yeah, I'm expecting a very strong Kiwi. Okay. <laughs> I didn't I didn't hear much of a Scottish twang, I'll be honest. I didn't get as much of a Scottish twang as I wanted. 
Okay. Um, but I'm expecting very, very strong Kiwi accent on the weekend. Yeah, uh, we know contractually she can't join us on the podcast anymore, but um, we could, I know she listens. So, Phil, we've ticked Australia off, mate. Um, if uh, we can get an accent for the next game. Yeah? Didgeridoo. Hey, do you know uh, what uh, Sens tournament that was on the other day and she was out there commenting? The men's. World Series, was it, or something like that? Just a little bit of sevens, mate. Mate, yeah. When her name popped down underneath, saying, and, and um, pitch side, whatever, with a couldn't believe my ears because I thought it was an actual Australian. She's fully so committed, then, is she? She's fully I committed. Didn't know it was her. <laughs> I think that's why she can pick up so much work at the moment because if you think about it, she can cover off like any country. <laughs> I mean, it's amazing. <laughs> what a skill! What a skill. <laughs> I even had to go into the like, who's this? Who is speaking? Yeah. I don't know this person. Did they play? Have they played rugby? And then she's I, like, I, it, it feels, is it? And I was like, no, uh, listen, Phil's is from Cardiff. <laughs> <laughs> so I do have to say, though, that I mock her. I do mock her, uh, her accent, but, um, like, massive shout out. She's absolutely smashing this World Cup. Um, yeah. working for ITV Rugby and then I turned on my TV the other day and she was doing um, BBC Scrum 5 as well yeah. so she's all over it so good on you Phil keep raising the profile of the women's game and well, in whatever that. accent you choose <laughs> but can you a different one every week please <laughs> it's going <laughs> to kill me when I say it out <laughs> hey, if she could do Aussie accent she'd be able to just do a Kiwi one easy it's when we start running out of those kind of nations and she has to go Fijian have you heard to say French names? Ah, oh, Perlas. I mean, she gets the Welsh girls' names wrong, but the French, that's hilarious. I know I know, we've no time, but how amazing is the story of Fiji at this World Cup? Um, if you get a chance to watch any of the stuff that World Rugby have put on their like, journey to the World Cup, it is incredible. Not only does it make you realise like how lucky we are, and I know you, I know you want a fourth shot at the WRU on this pod, Hallett, but it just puts everything into perspective. Like, what an amazing group of women. I I love them. I can't wait for Fiji versus France. It's going to be, like, my idea of heaven in a rugby game. Yeah. So very quickly, can people watch that? Um, I've seen it on social media off the, off the World Rugby stuff. So off, the, off Twitter and stuff, they put it out there. It's probably on their Instagram as well, cool. on the World Cup. Um, Worth watching. Links. Yeah. Definitely. Is that why the, the crowd were going absolutely wild when they were playing against England? Yeah. Yeah, the class. Look forward to it. Okay. Thank you, girls. That's us then. Week one of the Rugby World Cup. Oh, love this time of year. So, see you next week then for our next roundup. For more scrum chat. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> Bye. Bye.